ready, so come on, baby. Welcome to Popcorn Martini Soup, a movie podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Anna. And we're your hosts, here to hang out. And we always end up talking about movies. Usually over a couple of martinis. Or a warm bowl of soup. And welcome back. Um, We gave you a little warning last time that this was going to be a little bit of a different episode. Um, We talk a lot about our favorite actors or people that we really like. um, And we decided this week we just really want to zero in on one of those people. Um, (laughs) But we will get to that in a minute. I want to ask Anna how you've been doing. I've been good. Um... I had such a good time. So you and I actually the other night went to go see an advanced screening of Bros, which I believe is, I think it came out on September 30th. Um, but anyways, we got to see it before it came out. I had so much fun. Like, I think I still feel like I'm on the high from that. Like, it really set a good tone to my weekend. Yeah, I did too. It was, I'm a big rom-com fan. Um, I really love like, the Nora Ephron classics and there was so much in this movie that was like winking at rom-com fans like we are acknowledging all of the conventions of the genre and we're having a little fun with it while also kind of pushing on it a little bit as like the first I don't even remember what all the qualifiers are like the first mainstream major studio gay rom-com there it's like there's a lot of gay cinema that has come before that like is also fantastic that we need to acknowledge um this film does a little bit of that maybe not as much as it should for what it is like it knows the kind of movie it's trying to be and it's so much fun in doing that yeah oh it was so good i highly recommend it was just yeah such a good time and i love billy eichner so great well actually like speaking of billy who's amazing in this movie like some of the things even though it's like such a silly movie and everything i think i loved it because and and it was so endearing because like there's so many relatable things to it and like Mm. and one of the things that he struggles with is like this like self-image and like how he fits into like you know the gay community and what he's like and what sort of luke's character is like and the stereotypical what is kind of thirsting over someone um even mean or look like and stuff and so mm. i don't know i kind of wanted to bring that up because it crossed my mind as we jump into our episode today which is going to be a lot of <laughs> thirsting on my part for sure and for you too but no i mean as you have warned me this is going to be um a very thirst forward episode so what is it like do you have a type because that's one of the things that um bobby billy's character really puts on aaron luke's character is like i am not your type yeah because you very clearly go for this like super muscular super Mm. like jock type guy and i i don't know that i've ever thought about like where this actress fits into like a canon of like what is my type in like heavy Mm. air quotes but if I reflect further on it it makes a lot of sense (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be an interesting kind of exploration as we talk about today's topic and person because maybe that'll be a revelation of of who I I am oh god we're gonna get entirely more personal than we thought we were going to we were like let's talk about this person's filmography and now it's like let's examine the root of who you're attracted to (laughs) oh no okay it's gonna be an adventure yeah let's just see how it goes let's get into it For those of you who have been who have listened to a couple of our episodes, I think maybe some of you have guessed that our thirsty pick. That is not how we're going at this, but <laughs> that's how you're going I'm at going, this. <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm going at this. Plot twist: It is not Andrew Garfield. It is Kristen Stewart. Andrew Garfield, I very much appreciate, but I don't have the same um, emphatic love for him that you do. Um, no. Kristen Stewart is like an equal opportunity pick for for both of us. Um, Yeah. She was kind of the first obvious choice when we were thinking about, you know, if we wanted to do some kind of career retrospective on an actor that we both really like. Yeah, she was an easy first choice because we both have a lot of fondness. Um, Certain movies that she's been in, certain roles that she's played. We have seen some of her movies together and like had very long discussions afterwards so it just felt like a natural fit and I feel like there's so much to talk about with her career so 
Yeah. And with our feelings about her, as uh, you have made very clear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, spoiler is going to be, I, you know, I I put out a lot of my thoughts and emotions and deep, deep connections to film in our last episode. This one's just going to feel a little bit and sound a little bit different. Is a is a warning that I'm gonna give. But anyways, where do we where do we even begin? I mean, this girl has done a lot. She really has. Um, I feel like a lot of people think of Kristen Stewart's first movie as Twilight because that is like the mm. first movie that she really got a lot of attention for. It's the first movie yeah. that really like blew up her career. But she was working for years before Twilight, and she had a lot of really interesting roles before then. I mean, some of it was like you know she was a child and and she acted as a kid. I know that you saw um, Panic Room with Jodie mm-hmm. Foster, and she was quite young in that. That was two thousand two, so like six years before Twilight. She was also in a couple of other sort of teen type movies like speak which is an adaptation of a ya novel that's really great and um sort of like a fun heist type movie catch that kid so she's done a lot of i don't know like more commercial more fun movies um Mm -hmm. and then twilight came along and like really changed the narrative on her i think i think it makes sense to start with the first twilight which i think came out in 2008 yeah, uh, this this was huge. It was like a, a, it's a cultural moment. It's it's my it's also like my favorite out of the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. But how about you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Prior to Twilight, um, she was in a bunch of different movies, but because she's so known for breaking out through the Twilight movies and with this, I think it was like almost uncool to say that like Kristen Stewart's kind of like an actor that you're following or are into because 100%. The, the silly vampire romance movie that she's in and that was kind of it and that was her brand Mm -hmm. and I remember when these movies came out if you were not the kind of person I think like we were who was actively into the franchise and was going to see the movies you were like almost actively deriding Kristen Stewart at every opportunity because of that association and because like Bella Swan if you have read the books you know that she is written kind of as a self-insert for the reader like you are supposed to put yourself in Bella's shoes and therefore she is written to be very uh, unimpressive and like she doesn't have a lot of her own characteristics like She's kind of mousy and kind of clumsy, and that's basically all you know about her. I appreciate that in the last few years, as people have really sort of seen more of what Kristen Stewart is capable of, and as some of the things that teenage girls um, are interested in are like being more appreciated instead of just like vilified because they're a thing that teenage girls love, um, that people are coming around and realizing that actually Kristen Stewart played Bella Swan the way Bella Swan was written. It's just that you don't like Bella Swan as a character. It's not that Kristen Stewart's a bad actor. And I think there are moments in all of those movies where the actors are kind of silly and like the characters get away from them or they take them in like a a funny direction but a lot of that is in the books the books are kind of ridiculous frankly and I think that the actors were just trying to like have fun with what they were given and I remember there was one interview that Kristen gave um during the twilight years or just after where she was talking to Stephanie Meyer the author of the books Mm. about how to portray Bella and I think this was a little bit later on like when Bella becomes a vampire Kristen was saying that Stephanie told her when Bella laughs as a vampire her laughter sounds like bells and Kristen was like Stephanie how am I supposed to laugh like bells like this is not a thing I can do yeah Um, that's not Kristen Stewart not being able to act that's Bella Swan being a ridiculous character so I appreciate that she is like almost getting that narrative rewritten a little bit nowadays Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I do think that she was unfairly treated in those in those days for just like people not understanding Bella Swan as a character and Kristen right. Stewart genuinely trying to do that. What a, like, I mean, the weight that you already have to this kind of book where there's a huge fan base already and then to fill that role mm-hmm. that 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 main girl that the main girl that gore- everyone <laughs> sees themselves as exactly yeah That's so much pressure yeah. and to imagine that she did that for like four straight years of her life mm-hmm. that that was sort of all-consuming I mean we'll talk about some of the other projects that she did during that time but yeah that that was really like the thing that she got attention for 
that was the thing that like was consuming all of her interview time and all of her like press junkets and whatever like everybody wanted to talk to her about twilight it sounds like it was probably an exhausting experience Mm -hmm. i loved her as bella though (laughs) like i mean obviously (laughs) (laughs) she's a great bella i think so yeah like i don't i it was kind of I, I love the kind of like all the, you know, the TikToks and like all the videos that like throws back to how weird and awkward she <laughs> is. And I don't know. I just I was really teen me was like, this is so I, I just love everything about this. girl <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. I think that she brought kind of a sense of humor to Bella. There was like a little bit of that in the book, but I didn't always feel like Bella was funny. But in the movies, like Bella's pretty funny. If you if you're not taking it super seriously, yeah. you're just kind of letting this be. Okay, yeah, this is a teen girl who's just like yeah. trying to get through her life. She's pretty funny in this role. This whole franchise is pretty funny. I mean, yeah, in some ways intentionally, <laughs> in some ways significantly less so, but I yeah, I just love the the glamour of it all, of all the vampires and all the wolves and <laughs> it's great oh i still i still love that um video clip that they released of taylor lautner in the like green screen suit as mm-hmm. wolf jacob and chris yeah. stewart just like patting his head <laughs> so good it's the it's little so moments good. yeah i hope that she can look back on these movies and like not regret them because i think that there's such a meaningful piece of work for people like us like the people who were at that the right age at the right time when these yeah. came out like i think as we talked about when we talked about these movies during our always and forever episode like mm-hmm. these are things that we come back to constantly like I rewatch these movies almost every fall. I think most of my friends do. Like, there's such a nostalgia associated with these and such an appreciation for, I mean, a lot of the cast who brought these characters to life. Kristen Stewart really had to, like, lead that charge. And I hope that she can look back on it and realize what it was for us and not have that overshadowed by, like, all of the nonsense that was put on her and put on her career because of these movies i remember i don't remember what their username is but there was a letterboxd user who set themselves a goal to watch twilight every day for a year and they did it they watched twilight every single day for a year i just like i hope that Kristen knows some of those stories and is like okay there are people who like even if if it's like to that sort of ridiculous extent like there are people who still feel things about these movies yeah So Kristen Stewart was also doing, I think, some really interesting things between the Twilight movies. Like that franchise somehow only spanned four years because Twilight came out in 2008 and the second Breaking Dawn movie came out in 2012, which seems so fast. And yet somehow she did a bunch of other stuff at the same time. Uh, It seems to me like she was kind of able to take this like major franchise and pivot from it while she was still in it and do like very different things there's some hidden gems in here I say hidden even though they're not really for me but like it certainly got overshadowed because of the twilight explosion Mm. that was happening at the time but Mm -hmm. like one of them that we kind of want to talk about was Adventureland which was the same time like this was 2009 so it was overlapping a bit with the new moon Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen Adventureland, um, it's summer of 1987, nerdy kind of like air quotes loser type that is played <laughs> by Jesse Eisenberg. Um, he was kind of prepping for like a Euro trip, but his parents can't afford it and stuff. So he ends up getting a job at Adventureland where he meets our our love king. Christmas Stewart plays this girl who's like really cool I don't care about anything energy and but also I'm like really kind and thoughtful um but they like really quickly click but she's uh she also has a thing going on with again air quotes hotter older dude played by Ryan Reynolds (laughs) which is so strange of a pair Ryan Reynolds and Kristen Stewart but it's this cute like you know like the young kids like working at a really shitty kind of like amusement park Mm -hmm. um over the summer and they get together and it's it's really cute it's just like a summer film but I'm curious what you thought yeah I really enjoyed it and I was kind of surprised 
to see that like Jesse Eisenberg is coming out of college at the beginning. Like this is the summer between finishing college and entering grad school, which is a little bit later than we usually get for these kinds of like coming of age style films but I really liked that I liked that it was kind of you don't have to be a certain age when you're hitting these milestones like they happen earlier for some people and later for some and it still felt so genuine and it's like a really it's funny and it's fun but it's also very heartfelt you could say that like Kristen Stewart is playing a little bit to type um at the Mm. time here like M the character she plays is she has some of the same kind of affects as what how Kristen plays Bella Swan Mm. but I don't know she is a different person like you said she's she's a little bit more thoughtful and she doesn't initially appear outgoing but she sort of works her way up to that whereas like Bella is so reserved and like is always kind of like slouching into herself but Emma's also just kind of this like kid with a lot going on and I appreciated the the nuance that Kristen Stewart brought to her as a character yeah I I I really like this movie I I hope um anyone who is a fan of Kristen (laughs) just can watch this because yeah, she's really great in this. Keeping in mind that she has all this, you know, Twilight stuff happening in the background for her, too. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about if this was filmed prior to the first Twilight movie releasing and if she, yeah. like, already had the weight of, like, the attention from yeah. Twilight. I mean, obviously, as soon as these movies were announced and, like, the cast was announced, there was immediately sort of that weight. I think that a lot of people were following Twilight from the moment it was announced that it was going to be a film. Um, But I'm curious about like the timing of the filming of this one and if she knew when she was filming this just how big it was going to be or if the first Twilight movie was already out and there was like already all of that weight of expectation on her because it doesn't come across in her performance. Yeah. She seems very like naturalistic and grounded and, and not like sort of taking on all of the weight of being this like oh I am now an icon to this like specific kind of group of people and like I have to I have the pressure of representing this really important character really well like she doesn't seem weighed bit weighed down by any of that yeah it's strange it feels like two separate like parallel universes happening mm-hmm. <laughs> like as if like yeah Twilight and that weight of it all wasn't really existing for her so yeah Something that I, as I was watching it, I I realized that, you know, I mentioned about how we see the Jesse and Kristen duo a couple times in future films. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized that, I know you haven't seen Cafe Society, but there's a lot of, like, weird similarities between this movie and that, where, Mm. like, Jesse's falling for Kristen, who's this, like, mysterious cool girl that flirts with him, but she's seeing an older dude, and in this case is played by uh, Steve Carell, which is also a very weird duo. Yeah. Um, But that kind of, I mean, obviously completely different settings and stuff, but I was just wondering, like, what is it about this, you know, character that Jesse plays and this kind of fragile kind of you know, weird, silly, weird loser type, which I, mm. I don't see him as a loser type, but I think he's kind of depe- depicted often in that way. Um, I love Jesse Eisenberg, but... He's so um, endearing. So endearing. But I think it's it's funny how in these films, it's very much like him chasing after this mystery girl that Kristen plays, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of flirt with each other, but there's other components. Well, an older man that Kristen wants is part of the picture. It's, it's so strange yeah um yeah so that was just like a weird realization I had watching this I was like huh I've seen this before (laughs) yeah well I mean on the plus side now I don't have to see cafe society I wasn't going to anyway because um I have my own qualms about Woody Allen and you know the whole Mm -hmm. separating the art from the artist thing but um if they're the same plot then great (laughs) I've already seen it (laughs) yeah I do think it's interesting, though, that Kristen is often cast in that, like, kind of aloof mystery girl type role. It seems like a lot of the characters she plays have that sort of emotional removal from your perspective as the viewer, that Mm -hmm. she is the one that is, like, on the other side that you are chasing after or trying to understand, trying to attain versus the person who is, like, at the front letting you in. I think that's a really interesting thread that kind of weaves through a lot of her filmography. That's so true. And it's also why I think she's super hot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
which I think it goes like ties very well into the next movie mm. that I think we want to talk about, which is The Runaways. Yes. Um, I think it's 2010, overlapping maybe a bit with like Eclipse yeah. in terms of Twilight Saga. Um, oh, yeah. This was a big movie for me. Did you watch this? I did watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Of course I watched this. My Tumblr at the time mm. was filled with gifs and like snippets from this movie. <laughs> this was that should say the it. Tumblr era and that was yeah. the perfect location to collect like all of that <laughs> thirsty kind of content. Yeah. So I can only yeah. imagine what your Tumblr looked like. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the Runaways. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Kristen Stewart plays Joan Jett, the most iconic woman, um, and Dakota Dakota Fanning, who plays Cherie Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when this when this first got like announced, there was some kind of you know controversy around some of the scenes that Dakota's going to play, especially since there's, you know, this sweet young girl you know, image that we all have of, of Dakota and then her mm-hmm. going into this kind of role in this kind of film. Um, it, I, I remember there was just a lot of like public gasp and I was like, well, y- sure. Um, I mean, it's interesting because like at the time when this movie came out in 2010, Dakota mm-hmm. Fanning was only 16. And yeah. in the movie when she's playing Cherie, the, the first time that Cherie says her age, she's 15. Yeah. And so I think it's a little bit uncomfortable for people to kind of face that like this is a thing that mm-hmm. young women do. And especially yeah. like if you are in the rock scene in the 1970s, like it's it should not come as a surprise that Cherie was wrapped up in all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it was extra uncomfortable for people to know that like 16 year old Dakota Fanning, who they yeah. did. Yeah, definitely always saw as this like sweet, young, innocent thing was going to be taking on this role and like depicting yeah. that kind of stuff because the movie does have an R rating and it does yeah i did not know this <laughs> i mean at least in the u.s it has an r rating huh interesting yeah um for language drug use and sexual content all involving teens which huh. yeah <laughs> all of that is in there sure yeah i guess yeah well yeah i mean going back to your point about like you know teen girls do these things like I mean I think that's part of the reason why I latched onto it so Mm. fast and so hard at the time because I was 15 when I saw this movie I think and I was I just I just remember like idolizing this like Joan Jett that Kristen played Mm. and I was like I loved everything about the way she was in this movie. She's so cool. Like, she's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I wish the movie had focused a little bit more on her because it really Mm -hmm. does take Cherie's perspective a lot of the time. Yeah. You you get some some moments um, that are, like, exclusively Joan and Mm -hmm. um, Joan and her friend and how Joan gets into the band. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the movie is you're viewing it through Cherie's lens or she's the one that's like your entry point into the movie. I do wish that we had gotten a little bit more of Joan's perspective, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, near the end, we see a lot of what happens to Cherie, but we don't really see a lot of how Joan gets from the breakup of the Runaways to forming Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. There's like that one scene where she's kind of like writing this new music and we see the beginnings of what some of those singles will be, but you you don't get a lot of what that journey actually looked like for her. And I yeah. get like, you know, the, the movie really shouldn't have been longer than it was the movie is the right length it's an hour and Mm -hmm. 45 minutes and that's plenty but I do wish that we had gotten a little bit more of like Kristen Stewart as Joan I agree just because she played her so well and I wanted like more insight into that character through her yeah I knew you know I I, obviously I knew the existence of Joan Jett and her music Mm -hmm. and I I think there's a specific video on YouTube this was like 2008-2009 era Kristen Stewart And she was on Nylon TV, and I will never forget this interview because I, however many views are on there on YouTube, is mostly me, I swear. (laughs) Um, But it was like a Nylon, like, cover shoot interview, and it was on loop for me at the time when it came out. Um, She was, I think she was promoting, actually, Adventureland 
at this point and it was the first time she mentioned about how she's playing the role of Joan Jett mm. and I I remember when I hear, heard that and I was like like she does this very specific reaction to as she's as she's talking about it and that's how exactly how I felt I was like I'm not ready for that <laughs> so yeah that was just like a very specific like memory key memory that I have from that when it when I first found out that she was going to play this role and yeah and like I don't know like being kind of like around the same age I know Cherie was 15 I think Joan was a little bit older but um I remember seeing on-set pictures of Kristen to Dakota on the street walking like you know the moment when like Kristen with the like bright red t-shirt and Dakota's wearing chunky heels it's like right after they hear Dakota um like Cherie singing for the first time they mm-hmm. I think try to come up with cherry bomb for the first time mm-hmm. it, they were they were like on set pictures that I don't know if it got leaked or like whatever it was it was all over my tumblr and I was <laughs> dying over them like just <laughs> dying like I was like how do I print this out and like have it everywhere all over where I look <laughs> So what you're saying is, like, this connection you have with Kristen Stewart is, like, this goes back a long ways. This is a very deep-seated connection. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think (laughs) think this was, like, the – it was, like, the moment when I realized. I was, Mm. like, oh, like, this is more than I'm just, like, me fangirling. (laughs) And, okay, okay, okay. I think I put put us on a path easing into my, like, first connection, okay? Like (laughs) – this is not Please. weird because yes. I was 15. They were like 15, 16. Okay. Same age. I was crushing on them. Okay. Um, you know that scene when... So, okay. Remember when I told you there's this scene? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you like... And and I rewatched it afterward, after I said that to you. And I was like, oh, when I say that scene, there's just too many of those scenes is <laughs> yeah, what I've realized. I realized. I was watching it and I was like, okay, which one is the scene? <laughs> I know. I, I don't even know as well anymore. <laughs> Um, but, but when you one, said that to me, what was the one you were thinking of? The one I, I was thinking of back when I first saw it as a teenager was when, like, she's at the rollerblade, like, the roller skating scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joan's, like, smoking as she, like, breathes mm. into Cherie's mouth and then she, like, blows out s- smoke out of her mm. mouth. That whole, like, I was like, oh, my God, like, they are taking it there. <laughs> they didn't do anything. <laughs> they didn't show anything either. I was like, what the hell? But anyways. No, but the scene that I'm thinking of now is like, you know, when Joan like talks through Sandy trying to masturbate and she's like, it's not working. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, how about Farrah Fawcett? And then she like stabs the wall with the knife. I was like, I'm done. I just... <laughs> Someone hose me down right now. <laughs> it is a very uh, sexy movie much. for like yeah. a movie about teenagers. And like, I, I appreciated that. At least for the three of them, for Joan, Cherie, and Sandy, like they're all either like heavily implied or explicitly on screen queer, which is, I assume, like true to Joan and Cherie's experience if they were on mm. set and like involved mm. in the process. Um, but it's just nice to see it depicted so like frankly and honestly and not as like a, a weird thing or like a taboo thing. No. Because this yeah. was the 1970s, right? But it's yeah. just it's just very like taken as fact and everybody's like, cool, yeah, we're going to do this. I think that's what also drew me to this movie at the time was it was just so normal. Like I didn't think mm-hmm. twice of what was happening and like when I did was only because of the way the public was reacting to it Mm. and this whole sort of like Dakota's doing this scandalous role you know and I was like what could she possibly be doing and I was like it went completely over my head as soon as I saw it I was like yeah this makes like I don't know it was just like normal and didn't make a huge deal out of what it was doing because it was just you know about Mm. these these girls and the band and the two of them so anyway I think it's really interesting that um like this is such a detour in Kristen's career while she's in the middle of this twilight epic saga I can't help but wonder if it was her trying to change the way people see her and like be something very different in the midst of this like very homogenous like you are Bella Swan kind of narrative. And I think the like explicitness of it probably helps play into some of that like 
people seeing her differently. I mean, quite literally, like her pencil eyeliner under her eyes during her press tours have gotten darker and darker and darker, <laughs> you know, like she's like personally embodying more Joan Jett as she grows yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. She was like her. I feel like her, you know, punk rock look and energy really opened up from this role. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> You really connected with that version of Kristen Stewart. Uh, yes, I, I did, and I and I and I continue to connect with that version of her. Yeah. Um, okay, so coming off of the Runaways, uh, there's a little bit more Twilight action that's happening. Eclipse is out the same year as you mentioned, and then Breaking Dawn parts one and two are the two years following. Uh, but she mm-hmm. also, the same year as Breaking Dawn Part 2 comes out, she also stars in Snow White and the Huntsman, which I thought was mm-hmm. a really interesting choice. It's really curious to me that she would um, go into another franchise-style movie. Now, obviously, yeah. she's not in the sequel, which is the thing that like turned it into a franchise, but that she is like the title character in this sort of major studio fantasy movie at the same time, I thought was a really interesting choice because I think she has talked a lot about how Twilight wasn't always the best experience for her because of a lot of the pressures and because of, you know, this big sort of franchise commitment. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that she chose to do that. And then once that's all over, she like pivots really hard into a very different kind of movie, which is maybe like a reaction to coming off of that sort of franchise stuff and needing maybe something more artistic, maybe something more grown up. I don't know, like the first one that's really notable to me is in 2014, she has her first collaboration with director Olivier Assayas um, in yeah. Clouds of Sils Maria, which I really like. Um, mm-hmm. She's playing opposite Juliette Binoche, who is phenomenal in yeah. everything. Um, and that's it's such a an interesting, like understated, mature role that I thought was, I don't know, like a very, very different vibe from everything to do with like Twilight and Snow White and the whole like franchise. Yeah, it must be so complicated to be choosing projects after such a long run of a franchise like this. And then mm. like it can't I can't even imagine what it's like to come off of that and then pick something that feels reactive to what you came out of, which mm. also feels a little bit almost like it's it doesn't feel authentic somehow because it's reactive. And like how how does how does one navigate like what your choices are and what you want to do after doing mm. something like like playing Bella for such a long time and the kind of like crowd and people and energy that comes with it. So I, I'm curious about this this film in particular like how all of that thought and process came into playing this role. Um, yeah, and I, I wonder how much of it was like her wanting to be seen in a different light and like yeah. not wanting to be defined by Bella Swan anymore because she like she kind of goes on this string of more, I don't know, like artistic quote unquote projects. Like there's Clouds of Sils Maria and then there's still Alice with Julianne mm-hmm. Moore. Um, and then there is that other collaboration both collaborations uh, with Jesse Eisenberg, American Ultra, and then mm-hmm. Cafe Society, like you mentioned before. Certain Women, which is, she plays opposite some some really excellent female performers in that. M- Michelle Williams, Laura Dern, like it's, I don't know, these are such different feelings and such different characters from everything associated with Twilight and with Bella Swan. And I, I wonder how much of it was, yeah, like, her personal interest and how much of it was that kind of reactive like I want to be seen outside of this yeah and as 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 you mentioned there's you know there's so many movies in here with like a really great cast that she works with but then I I do also like that she does go back with American Ultra like it's (laughs) with Jesse just like the silliest most a little bit unnecessary kind of movie (laughs) that's like in the in the stoner comedy kind of genre right yeah yeah so i mean at least adventureland was like i think 88 percent on Rotten tomatoes we had a good time watching that this is 44 (laughs) percent not so great um it's pretty bad i still liked it it's a fun time but yeah so it it does feel it actually kind of feels like adventureland kids grown up to be a stoner couple where like jesse plays again this loser type um that's carried by his girlfriend, of course, who's played by Kristen. Um, it's like such a silly action comedy. 
I love that, you know, we get to see a little bit of that side of Kristen again later on with like Charlie's Angels we'll be talking about. But like, Mm. I do appreciate this kind of fun that she has on her as her character. Um, A lot of these like artsy kind of like deeper films that she's involved in, too. But like then there's this like really silly action comedy stoner movie Um, no it is it is really interesting to me that like the the sort of range of choices that she's taking on in that time like american ultra is such a yeah such a specific sort of like silly a little bit more fun kind of version of her and then you have something like certain women or something like personal shopper which is her second um collaboration with sas that's like there's so much more serious the roles are a lot more like heavy and somber and like in personal shopper she thinks she's being haunted by the ghost of her dead brother like it's it's a really tough role in a really heavy movie like a lot of variety in in things in roles that are different from the kinds of things that she's been doing before and i i wonder if that was like a very intentional like stretching my boundaries stretching my like chops trying to see what Mm -hmm. I can do taking some risks in different ways um Mm -hmm. which I think really paid off like as much as American Ultra might not be a great film um it seems like they have like she and Jesse have a really great like collaborative relationship and it was probably a lot of fun for them to make to also have this like very like serious artistic like quote-unquote important filmmaking happening Mm -hmm. at the same time there's like a an a impressive range there that is is like in contrast to doing the same kind of movie for a long time and i think that's like a trend that she continues so looking at like some of her more recent projects um we have something sort of very left of center um with seaberg which was not well received um but mm-hmm. is like a very sort of serious biopic very interesting choice that then she pivots right into charlie's angels which is so fun like lively and funny and really allows her to like have a lot of personality shine through yeah that was kind of like a surprise to me when it came Mm. out but also not really because like we've seen her just having a good time i don't think we've ever really seen her talk about it in that way of some of her projects very openly through interviews and stuff Mm -hmm. where she's like I'm doing this because I know I'm gonna I'm gonna have a good time. I don't really. I think she, you know, not in like a like a bad way, but just like I don't really have to like think about it that much. Is sort of how she described it. In like again, not sort of in a negative light to to this film. It is really silly. I don't know. I loved her in Charlie's Angels. Oh, she was definitely the highlight of the movie for me. Same. This movie actually kind of felt like like it's for the fans. Yes. <laughs> like like giving the fans what they want. Totally. And I think that's why it surprised me because I was like, we get to see this side of Kristen? Yeah. What? It was like kind um, of unexpected. Yeah. I definitely looked up like, like Charlie's Angels, but only Kristen scenes like on YouTube and stuff. <laughs> That's very on brand for you. I don't know. It's great. This, yeah. I also wanted to say that like the press tour for this movie too was like part of all of that fun. Mm-hmm. Like it was all part of that movie. Thank you to the PR team on that or whoever came up with having her on Hot Ones because apparently I needed to see her <laughs> suffering through Hot Wings. I mean, I think that's the other thing about a movie like this is she actually got to like just kind of be silly and show so much personality outside Mm. of the movie as well i think it's breaking it's further breaking down this idea of like kristen stewart is bella swan because she is showing her personality and she gets to be so like fun and personable and loose in things like hot ones and Mm -hmm. in the promoting of this movie that i don't know that it's like oh i'm like intentionally trying to distance myself from Bella Swan in the same way that maybe she had to closer to the movie but just that she gets to like break out of that and be herself yeah and then to go from that in 2019 to the sweet little gem of happiest season in 2020 we got a Kristen Stewart Christmas movie can't say I ever thought that would happen yeah yeah we thought that like Charlie's Angels was gonna be it for a while with just having a good time no we get have happy season <laughs> and it's so good i loved it it was so cute and just i'm sorry it just only adds to the third <laughs> you really are like one track mind today <laughs> and always with Kristen yeah. stewart 
And always with Chris Nassero, okay? I'm going to be very... I've always been consistent about this. Like, the one of the few consistencies I have. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. Like, we... She has range. I wrote wrote in all caps. Range. (laughs) Um... Like, I, I feel like it's such a treat to be able to, like, see her and, like, in this, like, happy, like, couples going to see, like, her girlfriend's family and, like, mm. this, you know, this, like, very overdone in, like, the holiday canon of romance stories and stuff. But then to actually be able to see it in this kind of way. And an opportunity so for her to play, like, such an openly happily proudly queer role is just really refreshing um yeah and i mean this actually like because we were talking about bros at the top of this episode like Mm -hmm. this is that same kind of feeling of like the queerness is so intrinsically a part of this movie but it's also this like sweet romance it's also like a holiday movie even more than bros is like it's just i don't know it can be all of these things at once and these kinds of movies that straight people have had forever. We get like Kristen Stewart as an openly lesbian woman in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the whole central romance is like her and her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. It's like, it's so sweet and heartwarming to get like a gay Christmas movie and for that gay Christmas movie to star Kristen Stewart. Yeah. It's a win. It's a huge win. <laughs> like yes (laughs) (laughs) and she is i mean yeah this is like one of the most i think endearing roles that she's played um it has emotional weight to it it has that like like she is the one facing this really like central conflict in the movie of like Mm -hmm. i want to propose to my girlfriend but she is like the way that she is acting makes me like reevaluate our whole relationship and do I actually need to break up with my girlfriend? Mm-hmm. And that's like a really difficult, heavy thing to go through as a person. But she is also playing this movie with like so much heart and a lot of humor. And mm-hmm. she's so, I don't know, like you just you just want to be around her all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the character that she's playing. Yeah. I wonder, and I wonder like going back to our conversation of, you know, project choices being reactive to the Twilight Saga and I wonder if this is her kind of being released of that and being able to just kind of have a good time with Mm. the projects that she takes on because you know I can only imagine sort of coming out for some from something like that and trying to prove yourself beyond this Bella role and Mm -hmm. um, what feels very kind of shallow maybe and having to do a lot of like deep and really you know, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and um, and to always be doing that is also, like, really hard. And yeah. sure, we've had an American uh, American Ultra and stuff in the past, but um, I feel like for her to sprinkle in these, these two fun movies kind of feels like I'm doing this because I kind of want to and I get to now. And mm-hmm. um, She's at a place where she can make those like fun lighter choices and just say like yeah. I don't have to prove myself through my projects I can do what yeah. I want to do and that's really like fun and is so great for like the the true fans <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's really yeah. nice to get to see her play these roles that feel a little bit closer to who she really is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to know yeah. that like I mean obviously like we'll talk in a minute about Spencer which is such a transformative role and so far Mm. from the sort of like day-to-day person that is Kristen Stewart um so it's not like she's giving up like being a serious actor or like taking on challenging roles it's just that like she has the ability to do all of these things to Mm -hmm. to be able to do like a fun Christmas movie as someone who is maybe not that far from who she is or who she like wants to put out as her like public persona and then also do these like really deep complicated like flex your acting muscles kind of Mm -hmm. movies yeah um and it's really great to to see that she is at a place now in her career where she kind of feels like she has that freedom or flexibility yeah let's talk about spencer i feel like (laughs) we have talked about spencer so much since we saw it yeah we had 
a lot of feelings about, a lot of mixed feelings about it i think mm. um and we had ramen after didn't we we did yeah that was good it was a great night <laughs> yeah that was good it was a cozy it was super cold out too so it was like a cozy cozy watch mm-hmm. um spencer was was beautiful oh visually gorgeous a stunning movie but <laughs> there is a but um yeah i think we kind of talked about how there was something so beautiful that I couldn't stop like just I mean Kristen's amazing in it and I cannot take my eyes off of her and just the way this movie is but there's something that made me really uncomfortable that it's about a real person and a real Mm. person's pain and not just the person but the family um and such a public story too mm-hmm. but even then it felt like all of this visual beauty and the way the story is told is so beautiful but it is kind of glamorizing a bit of this woman who was suffering and that just left me it, 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 it was very uncomfortable to me coming out of the movie feeling like wow that was a beautiful movie and yet we're kind of feeling that written over a lot of a yeah lot of, uh real pain from this real person i think like i know that at the beginning there's that title card um and there's that that sort of statement that lorraine is saying like this is meant to be viewed as a fable and not Mm. as like a like real depiction or or reality but it's really hard when you have a, a public figure like diana to not view this as like an attempt to tell her story especially Mm -hmm. when it is framed as like such an interior view of her and the thing is like we don't know what was going on in diana's head we know that it was incredibly hard for her to Mm -hmm. be living this life Mm -hmm. but to see like that struggle and um what looks like a lot of sort of like mental illness depicted in spencer when we don't know the truth of it from the real person yeah feels yeah kind of uncomfortable and that part didn't really sit well with me either I know we spent a lot of time kind of dissecting like what does that mean and and how does that um like what should we be doing what do we have like a responsibility to do yeah when there are real people at the center of it I think like Blonde which just came out with Anna de Armas is another example I know that I was just about yeah, I know. Like, I need that to talk is... to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will talk. Um, yeah, I know that. Like that one is based on a novel, like a novelization of mm-hmm. Marilyn's life, but it it's still presenting itself as a movie about Marilyn Monroe. It also deals with like a lot of really difficult topics that I don't know that Marilyn has ever spoken about to the extent that things are depicted and I think things are actually like from what I've read I think things are actually depicted as worse and more traumatic in this movie than they are Mm -hmm. than like what she actually experienced um and that feels so I mean on on, it feels irresponsible but it also feels like kind of icky on a personal level yeah and there's there's a little bit of that for me tied up in Spencer but I think in terms of like if I were to just view it as a movie, if like we don't think about Diana as a real person, if we think about like the piece of art that is the movie, mm-hmm. I think it's like you said, it's it's beautiful to look at. It's a gorgeous movie. The, the score is really interesting, um, especially when you like hear a little bit about what went into it and, and the mood they were trying to set. It's I think it's really effective. And Kristen Stewart really sinks into that character like she disappears into this role yeah I think one of the first things I said to you when we came out of the movie theater was I almost didn't recognize Kristen when we're obviously as fans like can I can see and know Mm -hmm. what Kristen sounds like and looks like and I was actually surprised that I've forgotten about her and her like even her accent and the way she speaks and she's completely transformed in this and um yeah I think it got a lot of acknowledgement around that and I'm glad because she yeah yeah she was she was amazing in it 
Yeah, she was nominated for um, Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role at the Oscars, mm-hmm. um, which I think was deserved. Like she, both Kristen Stewart and Diana Spencer were, they're such present figures in I think our consciousness at least like we can very easily identify both of them we yeah know a lot about how they look and how they move or moved through the world Mm -hmm. and the fact that Kristen was able to like disappear into the role of Diana so effectively um I think is a really great testament to her acting and and I think was sort of like another statement to all of those people who are like oh she's a bad actress because we've only ever seen her in Twilight like this is mm-hmm. a very clear like no she can do so much more than what people give her credit for yeah so we covered a lot of ground um we didn't even get into crimes of the future which is like a whole no. other realm i think um <laughs> and a very and again like a very different side that she got to explore in her um in her acting yeah i don't think we'll ever do you think we'll ever watch that <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how brave we feel. Yeah, I'd love to for her, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like Cronenberg is so hit or miss for me because mm-hmm. his stuff is so weird and so yeah. like <laughs> difficult sometimes. Yeah. Um, but the cast of this one is phenomenal. I might have to sit through it and hope that it's one of the better ones and <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know well don't do it without me you let me know i will maybe we'll brave yeah. it together <laughs> yeah um but yeah Kristen. i'm really excited for more of her obviously always mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. i was taking a look at what she has upcoming because i i mm-hmm. was thinking back and i i can't remember off the top of my head anything really that has been announced for her coming up next yeah Um, Mm -hmm. So I just took a quick look and it looks like she has two movies in post-production right now. One of which I'm very intrigued by. It's currently called Love Me. The description Mm -hmm. is a love story between a satellite and a boy. And it's Kristen Stewart and Steven Yeun. Yeah. The face you're making is the face that I made (laughs) when I saw this. okay i am immediately in (laughs) oh immediately who i wonder who's do we know who's distributing it it looks like um the production companies attached are 2am scythia films scythia scythia Mm -hmm. and shivhan's pictures i'm not sure who will be releasing it here for us to see yeah but with actors like that attached i mean somebody's got to release it and it's classified as drama and sci-fi so uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait. So that's in post-production now? That's in post-production now. Yep. And okay. um, she also has another one currently in post. It's called Love Lies Bleeding. So love mm-hmm. is apparently a theme for her next couple of projects. This is a romance thriller. And the only description is a romance fueled by ego, desire, and the American dream. And it's Kristen Stewart, Jenna Malone, ed harris dave franco so also a very interesting Interesting. sounding cast um and it looks like this one is coming from a24 so we have that to look forward to (laughs) man she's just giving giving us all the things we want to hear always giving (laughs) yeah always giving (laughs) she has truly been giving for many years now so (laughs) yeah it's great i feel like i mean i said this at the beginning but she was such an obvious choice for us to do our first little retrospective on yeah um any other other thoughts about Kristen? i don't think i had anything else never seen it but she's hot in underwater as well (laughs) (laughs) is that the note you wrote yourself it was the last bullet point i had (laughs) Um, great. yeah that's the one i think where she's like blonde and has a buzz cut i think so yeah yeah have you seen it you haven't no. seen it yeah because it, it, it looks scary i think it's scary right it's like it's like pg-13 a... oh <laughs> <laughs> it looks 
like kind of horror horror ish. Like it does underwater survival. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's classified as like a sci-fi horror. So yeah, so that's why I haven't seen it. But I've seen her press tour videos from it. <laughs> she looked great. <laughs> she looks great. <laughs> My final thoughts on Kristen is that <laughs> is she looks great. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I have a question for you. I'm curious what it is about her that. I mean, you've mentioned a couple of like roles or like eras in particular Mm -hmm. that you were really drawn to and that um, really kind of worked for you and like made it on your Tumblr Mm -hmm. and stuff. But yeah, (laughs) like what is it? What's that quality about her that really draws you to her? (sighs) What is the thing that triggers all the thirst? Her, like, short blonde hair, her greasy short blonde hair, and her <laughs> tomboy hat, and all her silver rings. And the, the, the motor oil. Yeah, the motor oil. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I mean, yes, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think, like, the, you know, beyond the kind of visual kind of awkwardness and mm-hmm. quirkiness that she has, I feel like she's just so present in the way she speaks and the way she tries to convey whatever it is going through her mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't even talk about um, kind of the, the directorial debut she had with her, her own filmmaking and stuff. But um, I remember when she was talking about um, that and her journey of becoming a filmmaker and wanting to do more of that and stuff or any kind of project she's talking about, like, she just seems like she's just speaking out her truth in mm. a very kind of genuine and grounded way. And that's something that I think intimidates me, but in like a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I really, I, I think is really attractive. Um, so yes, in combination of just like the physical <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the visual sense of her, obviously. Um, but on top of that, like just the way she's just so, um, grounded and actually some of many roles that she plays too. I think that's mm-hmm. why she gets, you know, um, tapped for a lot of these kind of mysterious roles or whatever when she was younger too. And yeah. I think she doesn't have to say much to kind of convey her the way she's so present in Mm -hmm. her body and her mind and the way she just delivers a lot of what she's what's going on in her head so yeah it's very attractive that makes a lot of sense how about you (laughs) i mean i don't i don't really know how to follow that answer i feel like that is that like you've encompassed a lot of i think what she brings to any kind of moment whether it's like a project that Mm -hmm. she's doing or an interview or a junket like she does have that presence and that sort of thoughtfulness about what she is trying to communicate and how I think she also like she definitely has that awkwardness that you mentioned um, Mm -hmm. in the way that she like interacts in the world that I think is really endearing but also Mm -hmm. she seems like very comfortable in that awkwardness Mm -hmm. like she doesn't seem like she's awkward and then she's like oh god like what have I done like overthinking it and caught up in her head about it like it just seems to be the way she exists in the world and she's very Mm -hmm. okay with it and she's very herself at all times yeah I mean in that sense like Jesse's like that too because I don't Mm -hmm. think he necessarily like I don't think these two necessarily care about the way the world perceives them as like kind of weird and awkward Mm -hmm. um but they both completely embrace that and that's just who they kind of are and the amount of you know social anxiety I know that they've kind of talked about that they've gone through and have overcome through many many projects they've done after you know many years in their career but I think that's also part of the reason why the pairing is really endearing to watch so I think that's like some of the chemistry people are drawn to um yeah Okay, so that was really fun. A lot of time spent talking about Kristen Stewart, which I feel like is something we do anyway. So came very naturally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess like this kind of has me thinking, you know, beyond kind of the obvious, someone like Andrew Garfield, um, (laughs) who else? It would be really interesting to cover, like who's had the same kind of dynamic changing career so yeah i guess i'm curious you know if if you have thoughts or um if anybody listening if you guys have thoughts we would love to know 
who else should we cover? Like if we do one of these sort of retrospective type episodes, maybe like once a season, or like if we do one again in the future, mm. who else should we, who else's filmography should we look at? I feel like there are yeah. so many good options. So please yeah. let us know. You can do that by getting in touch with us any of the usual ways. Um, we are on Instagram at Popcorn Martini Soup. We are on Twitter at Pop Martini Soup. We also have an email address where you can uh, write us a little note, or if you want to send us a voice note, like our dear friend Joey did last week you can email that to popcornmartinisoup at gmail.com amazing i mean we're entering my favorite time of the year Mm -hmm. which is the spooky season the cozy season the halloween season is coming up yeah we are notably not horror people so no promises (laughs) as to what you might get but maybe we'll do something fun i'm trying to change that i'm trying to change that to watch a more i'm insane girl universe expansion (laughs) for me that's true a lot of those fall into the like horror or horror adjacent genres so yeah it might be time no promises again (laughs) um okay (laughs) i think that's it bye bye